If you would have told me like two years ago when um, my boyfriend or whatever fell in love with my best friend, I was when it was God's will, and I would be like, no, I don't want that. But now I'm like glad because I went out of that situation, and yeah, now it make everything make sense. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Every Thursday, we are sharing a new episode in our Your Story Matters podcast series. This is an opportunity for people from Collective to be real about their brokenness and what God has done and is doing in their lives. These stories will be real and raw and vulnerable, and we hope they encourage and inspire you in your own faith to share your story. To watch the sermons from the Your Story Matters series or to find out more, you can head to www.mycollective.church YSM. We hope you enjoy these stories. Thank you so much for joining us on the Your Story Matters podcast, a podcast um, that we started a little bit uh, over half a year ago where people from Collective sit down and share stories about their life and they, they share about the highs and lows and um, the good and the bad and uh, what they've seen God do in their life and what God's doing in their life right now. And um, I just want to remind you, if you're listening for the first time today or if you've uh, kind of stopped listening for a little while, that um, none of these stories are perfect. And the goal isn't to have this uh, perfectly bowed life, um, but a real life and a life that uh, God can use if we let him. And every single person that sits on this podcast is saying, uh, I want God to use my story in order to lead other people closer to him, um, in order to help other people know they're not alone, um, and really to talk about how good God can be even in um, the valleys of our life. And so I'm really excited to be joined today um, by Becky. Becky is, uh, Becky, you didn't grow up in America. Um, you grew up in Germany. And so let's start by talking about what is Germany like? Where did you grow up in Germany? You know, give us a little bit of context for that. And then even tell us just a little bit about what is Christianity? What is church like in Germany um, before we jump into your story today? All right. So uh, hello. <laughs> um, I uh, grew up in an uh, old town in Germany. It's about like an hour away from Frankfurt. And, um, yeah, it's just like this old towns that you know out of those German movies or whatever, <laughs> like those yeah. old houses and the marketplaces. And um, we have two churches in that time okay. in my hometown, one uh, um, Catholic church and uh, what is Protestant? Protestant. Oh, yeah, 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 yep. yeah which um, it's funny because Protestant is... <laughs> is a word that we use to describe a church essentially that isn't Catholic. Um, it's not what we use here anymore, but when churches first started, you were either Catholic or Protestant. So you have two yeah. churches and you literally have one version of one and one version yeah. of the other. Okay. Yeah. So um, uh, I was part of the Catholic church and yeah, it's like this old building, like this typical church, yeah. like a chapel with those tinted colored glass windows yep. and those big altars and like the complete different of collective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how many people are in your town? Not so many. Yeah. I would say like maybe like 
20,000. Okay. Okay. So a smaller city. Yeah. You know, um, f- for you, you said Frankfurt was an hour away. Is it like your city and then a bunch of other cities before you get there? Or was it like where you grew up, nothing, and then Frankfurt? No, there are okay. a bunch of other small cities and okay. towns before going to Frankfurt. And do people, so like you actually drive to Collective from the Leesburg area, yeah, from right? Australia, yeah. Um, is that similar in Germany where like, hey, you live in one place, but maybe you venture to another part of the city? Or is it like, no, you, this is your city and you work here, you live here, you socialize here. Um, what is that like in Germany? No, so in Germany, you typically work in the city that you live yeah. in. Yeah. But um, uh, there are also like when you study or something and you study in another city, then, but most of the time you just spend the whole week there where you work. And yeah. um, if I would have would work here, I would probably find an apartment here in Frederick. Yeah. Because yeah. every day driving this. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. So we'll get to how you got here, um, but let's start talking about your story. So you grew up in Germany, and so I guess take us from the beginning. Yeah. So I was born on August 9th, two thousand one, and from stories I heard, I was a really happy baby. And, um, yeah, my mom and my dad, they found each other, they loved each other. And um, I was a like a wish child. They wanted so badly to have a child. My mom had, um, she had seizures. And um, so it was really hard for her to get a baby. And then she was pregnant with me. And then in, uh, like, six, seven months, when I was six, seven months old, I got baptized, I was got sprinkled in a Catholic church, and I'm really glad about that, that my mom was part of that. Yeah. And yeah, then the horror movie started one day before my first birthday. My mom had a best friend, and like a girl, and she uh, came to us because she wanted to run away from her fiance. And she, uh, um, like, she said, I can't do this anymore because he was really like jealous and like he heard her and yeah stuff like that so she found space at our house and she, we had a restaurant and she worked there and helped us and i don't know on one day before my first birthday he kind of like knew that she was there yeah. and he was sitting the whole afternoon outside on the opposite on the opposite side of the marketplace where we had our restaurant and the cafe and watched the whole thing, how's it going in the restaurant. And then at 8 p.m., he went into the restaurant with a knife, with a 19-centimeter knife, and um, went to behind the bar and killed my mom's best friend with the words, you know why you you left me. My mom wanted to help her, and she got stabbed by him too. And then my dad came out of the kitchen. He was a chef. And he came out of the kitchen to um, and wanted to help my mom. And he saw what's going on. So he dragged my mom into the kitchen, my dad, mom. And he got stabbed too. But because that's what he always says, because he's a little more chubby. <laughs> it was like he was really lucky. It was like a little bit in front of the heart. Wow. And... Yeah. Then the police officers came. The guests in the in the restaurant like tried to hold him behind the bar with bar stools and stuff like that. So, wow. and then he didn't want to let go. He was like, "You have to shoot me if you want to take me." So um, one of the cops was like, "Okay, I shoot like in a, in the foot." So he uh, they could t- take him. Wow. 
My dad went to the hospital on that day, obviously, yeah. and um, my uncle, he was in a relationship with my mom's best friend, and he got, like, he he had collapsed because it was just too much. It was on his birthday, and um, so he went also to the hospital. And then a couple of weeks later, after they came out of the hospital, my dad went with me into vacation, and... Um, uh, when we came back, we all sat together and no, first we sat all together with the whole family and they were talking about what is going on, what are we doing with Rebecca? Yeah. So um, there was like, yeah, she can go to her, where I was like, why can't I stay with my dad? Like, yeah. he was like, yeah, can she go to her aunt, like my godmother? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, she can come over the weekend, but we have a family, so it's probably not going to work out that she's staying with us the whole time. Then um, my sister, she was like, yeah, sure. But um, then my grandma came and she was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to move in with you. And yeah. I take care of that little thing. She wow. doesn't. Wow. Yeah. So you're just past one, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you've lost your mom. And is it your dad kind of understanding like, hey, I can't figure this out on my own? Or just it's just not what he... He's, we had a restaurant, so yeah. I kind of understand yeah. it, but I don't. Yeah. Um, like, he was the chef of the restaurant. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was a lot, sure, but we kind of could have figured it out. Yeah. And Do you remember any of that? No, or Yes. But, nothing. you know, obviously, you know, when things like this happen in our lives, specifically when we're really young, we don't tend to have, like, a visual memory of it. Mm-mm. But... Um, we we feel it, you know, like you feel the impact of it. You saw it in your life. Um, I imagine in your head you have a picture of what it, you thought it would look like yeah. and all that. So you're one. Your grandma moves in. So she so did she essentially raise you? Yeah, she is my mom. Yeah. My, yeah. Yeah. Um, to, to lose a mom at a young age, but to lose a mom... Um, as a female and the way that it happened you know her trying to take care of other people Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to then tell your story and go okay well here here's what comes next Mm because you kind of start with boom (laughs) yeah yeah with with a lot of pain and devastation but there there are you know as people you know just encouraging those who are listening right now um there's a lot of good that does come right it just takes a while Mm -hmm. and so Keep telling us through the story. So your grandma moves in. What happens next? Um, uh, yeah, then she moved in with me. She took care of me. She basically groomed me up yeah. and raised me. And, uh, yeah, when I was getting older, like when I was went to school, she helped me with my homework and everything, and she took me to church. Okay. I don't know when the first time – I can't remember the first – obviously my baptism, but sure. um, I don't remember if I went during that time. Yeah. Um, but she took me to church and to the Catholic church and yeah, but she was, she was 60 years old to that time. So she, she always says she's got, she got a baby was 60. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, so she, uh, she had a lot of pain in her knees and she couldn't walk that good. So, uh, um, she went with me, but we didn't went regularly. Yeah. And when I was... I think in like second or third grade I started serving because in our church we have those like the robes and then mm-hmm. you help the pastor yeah and um, I started serving and I had fun I liked it okay. but still it was like 
I mean, it was normal because I got more or less raised with that. Yeah, and then uh, my grandma went, couldn't come anymore that often, and my dad, obviously not because he was working. So sometimes I went by myself, but yeah. then I was like this young girl sitting in all around these old people, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, mm, do yeah. I really like that? Did everybody know, too, like what happened? Yeah, I mean, the, it whole, had to have, yeah. the whole city knew. That was like the bre- breaking news in, yeah. the, in, the city, in the town, yeah. So when you're going by yourself, it's not just a young girl who's sitting in church. You're the young girl who lost her mom, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. that's a that's a tough that's a tough place to be. Yeah, you know. And even if they knew how to interact with you well, it's how do you do that? You know, like how do you care for a child who, yeah. specifically in a small town where things like that don't happen, right? Yeah. So you're you're saying like a second, third grade? Are you walking there by yourself? Yeah, it's, it's just that close. That's like five okay. minute walk okay. or something. <laughs> All right. Again, picturing in my head like you're walking across <laughs> highways like to get there. Um, let, let's talk really quickly about like when you were going there by yourself. Did you do you remember what your faith was like? Like, did you were you like I want to be here or I feel peace being here? Um, like, what what did that feel like? I think it was more like I have to be there because sure. my grandma wants me to go. Okay. So when you started serving at that age, did was it just because you're like this is what I should be doing? Yeah. 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 How long did you do that for? I think until I was in like fifth grade okay. so just a couple of years because yeah. then I collapsed it was a hot summer day and I had this big robe on yeah. and I just like <laughs> <laughs> and they're heavy yeah yeah, yeah. and I fell and I, then I was like no nope, I don't want to do that anymore because yeah. my grandma is not coming with me I don't want to go there alone and then I avoided church because I was like I just like quit my first job I don't want to go there anymore sure, sure. but yeah, after, I still went on Christmas and Easter yep. with my aunt and uncles to church. So, yeah. So there was at least some family, yeah. but it wasn't necessarily like an active faith or anything like that. Yeah, which, which you know, if, you know, people listen to the whole podcast, like we see that a lot. You know, yeah. there's, there's kind of one or two ways. Either your parents made you go mm-hmm. and at some point in your life, you're like, I'm thankful that they kept trying to get me here. Or it's uh, at some point it becomes kind of an option. Mm-hmm. And people are like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And they always look back and go, I'm thankful that I did go. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I stopped, but but I'm thankful I'm here now. You know, and it's kind of one of those those situations where you went and you said it earlier, you're thankful that you did those things. Mm-hmm. But at some point, there's a stop. There's a stopping point for you. Um, was that around the time you were in fifth grade? Yeah, I think it was also when I started like puberty and yeah. everything, and yeah, and then I like started to judge him why would you do that why sure. did you let me up why yeah why was that option that i shouldn't live with my dad does my dad not love me and yeah. stuff like that so yeah so how did that impact you as you became a teenager i was this little girl who wanted to uh, like that everything is fine and yeah. I tried to do everything that my dad wanted me to do but every time he got heard something wrong or he he was I don't, he was maybe an alcoholic sure. before in the evening he couldn't go to bed before he drank his sixth or seventh beer. Yep. Yep. And um, when he didn't get them, he got angry. Yep. And he uh, threatened me a lot, and he also like sla- slapped me. And oh. one time it was so bad because I was like when he when he 
spanked me. I um, called my aunt and like I was like, I don't want to do that. I, he just did it again and then he kind of found it out and he was like, yeah, I sure. can next time I use a belt when you do that again. And sure. then um, I had... I had house arrest. I wasn't allowed to go outside of the house. I was just allowed in my room. I didn't have any electronics. Wow. And um, he told me that, like, okay, you're in your room now for, like, f four weeks. I was only allowed to go to school, and wow. that's it. And when you... Um, if you tell your aunt something or if you tell anybody about that, that I spank you, then um, you're going to feel the belt on your butt and I was like okay I was so afraid but I still sure. I was I wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible yeah. so I called my aunt and I was like I cried and I was like I packed my bag I meet you outside and I can walk a different way and she was like Rebecca I can't do that wow. if I do that then I can get going to jail because sure. I take you it's like yeah but I don't want to be there so a couple of weeks ago, after that it was everything was fine again with my dad he was I mean fine he was sure. nicer sure. to me so I think it was the first or the second day where I was allowed to get out of the house. And he was like, Rebecca, come with me. <laughs> so I came with him and he was like, what is that? And he showed me a letter. It was from the police office. And I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it just when everything gets better. And um, he was like, yeah, we uh, have to go. Or they invited us to come over to the, to the office to talk about because I spanked you. I was like, um... And I was so insecure in front of my dad because sure. I was afraid that he is doing it again. So I was like, mm, okay. And he was like, yeah, just leave now. And I was like, okay. I went to my grandma and I talk, told her about that. And I called my aunt. I was like, I thought you didn't want to call the police because she said to me she doesn't, she's not going to call sure. the police. And she was like, yeah, but I didn't know what to do. So I called them and we talked about it. And they said they don't um, text, them, text your dad. And... Yeah, the end of the thing was that we sat at the police station and talked about that. And, like, the police officer had, like, those evidence on his yep. phone um, yep. about, like, the screenshots from texting my aunt and everything. Wow. Then the end of the game, uh, end of the day was, like, yeah, the police officer said, sometimes it's okay to spank your kid. Um, that's normal. Sure. And I, I went in there with the hope that, he is going to be like, okay, I'm going to talk to you in a separate room because you're an insecure little girl. Yeah. No, he didn't. Yeah. I was sitting, the like my dad sat right next to me. Wow. And I was sitting next to him and I had to tell, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe it is only, um, maybe it's okay. Sure, sure. So, yeah, we went home and by that time I was like, I think 10, 11, something around that. And we went home, and he got had a new girlfriend to that time okay. I didn't like. Sure. She, uh, first she was the nicest person to me, and then it, like, got worse and worse, like, you are a hoe, you are a slut. Wow. All these, uh, all your hoes were long hair. I had to cut my hair, and I was in that, in that age where, like, when I had short hair, sure. I looked like a boy, yeah. and I got bullied, yeah. and... It was just really bad, and um, she told the neighbor if she would have known that he had a kid, she wouldn't even went in a relationship with him. Wow. But she knew it. She knew it the whole yeah, time. Yeah. And she made him uh, move to near Frankfurt, like a suburb of Frankfurt, to open a new restaurant. He got already insolvent in the one uh, restaurant, so it was on. I think it was on her name. And we went there, and I had to move with them. I was. Yeah. What was I? Thirteen, fourteen years old, and I was. I, I had to move into a new 
town yeah. with new friends. It was horrible. Did your grandma go with no. you? No. So at this point, it's... That was only me. You. Teenage yeah. you. Yeah. Right. Did you and your dad ever talk about, about your mom? Mm-mm. No. He told me one time when I was in fourth grade, he told me what happened because everybody in my school knew what's go- what was going sure, on. They were like sure. telling me stories, for example, when it said, yeah, my dad tried to uh, um, help your mom and to rescue her, to save her. Sure. And there was a shooting or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I, I was just at that time where I was like, hey, tell me, I want to know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. But it wasn't anything that you ever. No, I did not down. expect it. Right. No. Which, I mean, which we see a lot in parents. But one of the things that we challenge our parents that go to Collective a lot is like, you have to have these conversations with your kids. You have to talk about hard things. You have to talk about what hasn't gone well. You have to talk about the impact of that, right? Because like your dad is living a life of pain because mm-hmm. he lost his wife mm-hmm. and panicked and didn't know what to do with his kid. And a lot of his response to things is probably a response to that loss and that pain, not having faith, like all of these things. Mm-hmm. But instead of dealing with it, they're just kind of on to the next thing, right? He's trying to fill that void with his with his job, with new restaurant, with new girlfriend, all that. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you as the child are carrying all this stuff, mm-hmm. right? At that point, by the time you moved to Frankfurt or just outside, did you know the whole story? Yeah. Okay. At this point, what was faith like for you? There was no Gone. faith. I, yeah. I mean, like I told you in our baptism talk, I yep. talked to my uh, to my mom a lot. Um, like, why is he like that yeah. and stuff like that? But I didn't specifically talk to God or Jesus. Sure, sure. How, what grade were you in when you moved? Was it like end of middle I think school, it early was high like, school? We don't have high school. We don't have middle school okay. and high yeah, school. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for the better. Middle school is the worst. I think it was ninth grade. Okay. Yeah. Really tough time. Yeah. Okay. So With short hair and short, everything. And, and a new city. New city, new, new friends. When you moved to the new city, though, did anybody know? What's going on? Yeah. Um, uh, no. Yeah. I think I told them eventually, but I wasn't there for that long. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Was there a little bit of peace with that like the idea that they don't or was it fear right because they don't know what happened to your mom but they also don't know who your dad is yeah I I don't yeah 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 it's tough (laughs) you know oftentimes we think moving and a lot of people share it on the podcast like oh I moved so I could start over and it's like no no this stuff just goes with you to a new place right and then you have to go through all that stuff again because you have to explain yourself and yeah so you guys move yeah what happens next? What is it? I mean... So we moved to one house first, and it was like 20 minutes with the train from our um, hotel, uh, from our restaurant. And I was alone the whole day. Wow. Like, I was in school. I went home. I didn't have any friends in that town. Yeah. I was... Like, I walked to the grocery store talking to my grandma. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Like, there was nothing really much more. And then we moved to another house. In, like, six months, we moved... I moved three times in, in six months. Wow. Um, we moved to another house. It was closer to the restaurant, like, a 20-minute walk. Okay. And that's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that'd be very weird here. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And um, I moved there, and same situation. I, like, when I went to my... 
uh, to the restaurant. I tried to help, but he didn't like. She didn't really want me to help because she was so jealous. She was even jealous about my dead mom. Sure. And sure. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, one day when we were in this new house, and I, I wasn't winter break. I was back in my hometown, and I visited my friends and my family. And I came home, and I was so sad because I didn't want to leave them. And um, I talked to my aunt and uncle during that time. I was like, hey, can, can't I just come back? Yeah. And can I move yeah. in with you? And they're like, yeah, sure. They didn't know that I was actually going to say that like to my dad. Yeah. <laughs> and then I came home and he threw a fit because I didn't unpack my stuff right away. And he was like, when I come back, it's better going to be packed out or um, um, I'm going to punish you again and I was like okay and I didn't do it and he was like super mad at me took my phone away and I was like dad I don't want to be there here anymore yeah I want to go back and I cried and I, there was this little thing in me I was hoping that he said no stay sure yeah of course but he was just like okay yeah. go tomorrow I don't want to see you again find your like try to leave I'm not gonna drive you take wow. everything I'm not gonna take bring you something back wow yeah. So did you leave? Yeah, I called my first. I called my godmother, my aunt, yeah. and like she had the same thing that she had when I was a baby. No, we're a family. Over a weekend, over in summer break, yes, but sure. not for. And I understand that also. Sure. And um, then I called my other uncle, the one who lost his girlfriend to that time, and yeah. he was like, "Okay, you know what? I'm gonna come." It was January sixth, I think, twenty fifteen. Wow. And he came and he picked me up with two cars and we packed everything in there and then we drove home. Wow. And Did you ever live back with your dad again after no, that? No, no. Just left. We talked, but okay. Yeah. So you moved back to your hometown. Yes. Essentially, like to my grandma, to my yeah. friends. I went back to my old school and to my old class. Yeah. And everybody was happy that I'm back. Yeah. And it was yeah. just such a nice feeling to come home again. Yeah. One thing I, t I, I want to talk a little bit more about, too, is you mentioned, you know, you telling your dad, like, hey, I'm going to leave. And although living with him wasn't good, there was still a part of you that wanted him to say, no, yeah. like, I want you to stay. And, and so much of what we long for from our, our fathers is for them to fight for us, mm -hmm. you know, not fight with us. Mm -hmm. Right. And not fight at us, but to want to want us. Mm -hmm. And for you to lose your mom and then essentially lose have. Yeah, that's that's what that is. Your father saying, I don't want to do mm -hmm. this anymore. All by the time you're a teenager, like that's devastating. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, culturally. And I think this is all cultures, whether it's United States or Germany, our dads matter so much. And when they care more about themselves or when they're so focused on their own stuff instead of their kids, like there's just a huge impact of that. And so um, you got out, mm -hmm. which is good. Um, but did that make things easier? Like did the rest of your, you know, high school, quote unquote, years get better or mm -hmm. they just weren't worse? I would say it got better because I was happy again. Yeah. I have to say one more thing about my dad. Like one time, like before he met his girlfriend, he was like, oh, I love you. You're like um, sweetie and whatever. And sometimes it was really good. It just got worse when he got his new girlfriend. Sure. 
And um, one time we had like in this in the restaurant back in my hometown, we had a hotel also and he had to do breakfast for the hotel guests. And he was like, "Okay, sweetie, I go down and she was with him and I will prepare breakfast. We will see you later. She was like, oh, I can do breakfast by myself. You can stay with your sweetie. Like, Mm, sure. I'm his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, she got what she wanted. She uh, got him and not me. Yeah. Yeah, and you remember that. Yeah, you know, I remember everything. Yeah, 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 every bit of it. So when you moved back, what was that like? You said you were a little bit happier. Yeah, I was happy that I was around my um, my family and my friends and like my cousins and my grandma that I can see her. Sure. Yeah. But then there was this next big wave. I heard my dad talking when I still was with him. I heard him talking about there's something. Um, around his breast and like we he doesn't know he did never told me what it was he also sure. was in the hospital for a couple of days but I didn't know what it was and when he came back um, was fine I guess and then when I was at my un- uncle's house and in, uh, in my hometown he came one time to visit I don't know why he was only talking I think it was about the about my like insurance and everything sure. to talk to my yeah. uncle about that so he uh, was talking about that to him and then he told him something yeah he has like a tumor or like cancer or whatever wow. yeah and then he had that he survived that okay and a couple months after that my grandma had cancer wow breast cancer wow to that time i didn't know what cancer is like sure. i sure. didn't know that i should have to worry about her more during yeah. that time i was like oh okay she's going to get operated she has radiotherapy ter- and everything yep. it's going to be fine yeah but when my aunt came and she lived with her at her house to uh, take care of her i was like okay it was serious yeah but i'm really glad that everything went Good. right so after no, after my graduation i did an apprenticeship as a sales assistant in a grocery store and in my second year so 20 26 17 when I was 16 and a half something around that I moved into my own apartment at 16 and a half because like with with my uncle like it works out for a weekend yeah but not yeah. forever is that normal is that normal over there no. okay okay I so it, it was my own apartment but sure. over I was like living in the basement and on sure, top of sure. me lives, okay, lifts okay. a grandma from the family so she basically yeah looked after me even though she didn't really but she was like in my apartment we had a contract where it says okay i'm paying you it was like a real like a contract yeah like a lease yeah and um she still came down and looked for my stuff and i I hated it i lived it didn't really um slept in that house a lot so i slept more at friends houses or at my grandma's essentially though what you're saying is that by the time you were 16 and a half you were on your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of all have always been on your own, yeah. right? Yeah. But at that point, you're actually like <laughs> an adult at yeah. 16 and a half, which is really funny because I struggle with 16-year-olds who drive because <laughs> it's like <laughs> that you should not be driving, but you're you, there you are. Like, yeah. and, and you moved out, but not because you were having tension with who you're living with, but just because it was like... I was, I think it was puberty. I didn't want to follow rules. I want to be on my own. And, and also like, I mean, things are, we were bumping at each other more and more, but I think that's normal. Yeah. Well, you wanted, they're not your parents. Yeah. You know? And so there's this balance of they're taking care of you, but you're not in charge of me. Yeah. Right. So you just were like, I'm out. Yeah. 16 and a half. Yeah. Okay. 
you mentioned you were like moving around from like friends to yeah. friends. How long did you kind of stay in that place? Until I was 18. Okay. And then I moved into my actual first apartment with an like, I mean, yeah, with a, like an agency and yeah. everything. And I lived there for one and a half, two years. Okay. And that's when everything went down again. Yeah. I fell in love. Like it was love at first sight. <laughs> That'll get <laughs> but you. But the guy, the guy didn't <laughs> fell in love with me. Sure. Um, she just, he just used me more or less. And I was like, oh, maybe out of like friends with benefits is gonna be like this whole relationship. Sure. He was doing not good stuff. He was doing drugs and everything, yeah. and I fell in that too. Yeah. And. I did everything for him. I thought when I spent so much money for him, he's gonna be uh, in love with me. Sure. I I did so much crap, and like I drove him everywhere. I he like he lived with me, but yeah. he still said that's nothing between us. It's only friends. Sure. And one morning I woke up. We I took care. I was house sitting for my boss. I worked in that time in a in a hotel. I was um, house sitting. And I um, showed him my I showed him my best friend to that time, and he was like, "Oh yeah, how f- nice!" And yeah, one day I woke up, and they told me they fell in love with each other, and they hooked up and whatever. And I was like, "Wow, my heart wow. broke to that." Yeah. I was like, "That sucks." Yeah. So I, uh, um, yeah, I stopped working at the hotel. I got kicked out because I was in that time so much into like everything else besides working. Yeah. And then I moved um, up to another house, like because I couldn't live in there in that house in that yeah. apartment anymore yeah. because it just reminded me everything of him, and it was like such a hard time to get him out of the uh, the apartment because he w- he said he doesn't have a car, he doesn't sure, know how to. Sure, he's like freeloading. Yeah. And you, so you had to leave instead of him. No, no, we both left, okay, but okay. I just didn't want to live in there anymore. Yeah. yeah. Then we I moved upstairs. Uh, up into another like another city like on the hill but it was still close to my hometown okay and yeah then I started working in a restaurant again like it was I was I had so many jobs and I thought about this whole au pair thing a lot and to that I was like I want to get out of here why don't I just apply again and try my best and then I first got a family from New York and I was like yes jackpot New York (laughs) but then uh, they said no so they declined me, and then I already gave up again the search, and then yeah. I got my host family here in yeah. Sterling. As you fill out like the host inf- or the au pair information, do you have to share like your life story or? Yeah, I mean a little bit, yeah. but not ever like. Sure. Yeah. Sure. They don't know all the things, no. right? But just like where you're from and what you're doing. Yeah. What drew you to leaving? Right. People listening to the story are like what kind of a question is that? Like, of course, what drew her to leaving was everything sucked, you know, and, you know, you lose your mom, you have a dad who does it for, for, I mean, to put it bluntly, like doesn't want to care for you. You start taking care of yourself. You finally find somebody who you're like, you know, I love him and and maybe he'll show love back to me, Mm -hmm. which is what you've essentially been looking for your entire Mm -hmm. life. It's just somebody to say, yes, like I unconditionally, love you and want you to be around and he uses you Mm -hmm. and plays you so you're like i'm just gonna leave and go to america yeah so was part of it like legitimately you going 
I'm running away, I don't want to yeah. do this anymore, But, or just a better opportunity? So I had this whole au pair plan since I was like 12 or 13 years old. I wanted to f forever to go to the United States to do something like that with kids or just travel in the United, United States. But it just I just never had the opportunity to do yeah. it. Like either I was too young, I didn't have a driver's license, I yeah was just not in the mood for it. And sure. yeah, so I... So how old were you when you came here? 20. Okay. And you moved to, to Sterling. Yeah. Um, which is funny because that is where I grew up. Yeah. And Sterling is... It has many different cultures also. Yeah. 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 It's... Um, parts of Frederick remind me of Sterling. Sterling was like part of Loudoun County essentially first. Uh -huh. And then everything else grew around it. Okay. And so it just... It's a suburb. Not old, but it's... Not new. Yeah. Yeah. There are um, these corners where you have to be careful. Sure. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Um, did you, you didn't know anything about Sterling, Virginia when you moved there. Mm -mm. You just knew it wasn't New York. Yeah. <laughs> so when you arrived, what was that like? When I, to be honest, when I um, flew in, when I departed with the plane, I was like, or when I arrived with the plane, I was like, that looks like Germany. Okay. Because the fields yeah, and the trees yeah, and the yeah. green and everything, but then I went in there and like these these grocery stores are so big yeah. and everything's so big and yeah yeah and there's a lot of them yeah 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 it's very different and you here. have to drive everywhere I mean yeah. I kind of knew that but I thought oh I live in a little neighborhood maybe there's a grocery store. nope nothing nothing <laughs> no <laughs> and even if there was a grocery store you might not use it yeah so what what did what, okay so like you move here. You kind of step out of everything else. Yeah. Right? Did it feel like a fresh start? And like, yeah. did, did it feel like peaceful in that way? Yeah. Good. In the first couple of months, I was like, I want to stay here forever. It's, everything is so, yeah. so nice. I want to stay here. Yeah. So what was Faith like at that time? At that time, also like only talking to my mom. Yeah. And then uh, June 12th. I, Elisa took care of the boys uh, yeah. and because my host parents were out for a weekend and she was like, hey, I'm serving at church. Do you just want to come? With I I'm not serving today. I'm just taking the boys I want to attend. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, I guess so. Sure. I came in here and was, well, I was, I, I did not expect that. Like sure. I sat there and I was listening to everything. To that time, my English wasn't that good. So I had a really hard time understanding everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also talked pretty fast. So. Um, it was like, yeah, it was, it was magic. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I felt, I felt God, and I was like, what is that feeling? It's so weird. Yeah. And then I drove with her a couple of times after that weekend, but she had to surf, mm -hmm. and so I waited outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sit in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would always tell Alyssa. So Alyssa, for those listening, is my sister. Um, I, we're 10 years apart. We have a good relationship. We are very different. Um, so our communication together is very awkward. And so I remember walking by like the windows one day and I was like, Hey, there's someone in your car. And she's like, Oh, it's Becky. And I was like, she can come inside. She's like, Oh no, she went to first service. She's just waiting with me to be done. But you, whatever you felt here, you're like, I don't care if I have to yeah. go early and stay late. Like I want to be here yeah which what was that like like i mean because we know okay so we know collective is not like the catholic church you grew up in right no, not at all. Um, we're constantly telling people 
hey, like this is church. This this does count. Like you you said it. You felt God, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't matter if it's a warehouse, glass windows, you know, band, no band, robes, no robes, right? Um, if the presence of God is there, the presence mm-hmm. of God is there, and you felt that. I mean, really, like, how did that mess with you? Because it, it had to have with everything yeah. that you've been through. Um, again, having an understanding of faith, a belief in God, but now all of a sudden it's like, what are you doing in my life? What did that feel like? Weird. Yeah. Like when uh, they sang and like then I, the emotions came out and I had like tears in my eyes and but I didn't cry the first time. I didn't cry the second time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It came the second time and yeah. I know the collective kids was still here, and yeah. I came back there, and everybody saw. I was like crying my eyes yeah. out, and Alyssa was like, "What's going on? Who hurt you?" I was like, "Nobody <laughs> hurt me. I don't know. I'm crying. It's just so yeah. beautiful." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so let's get. We'll get to your baptism in a second, and even beyond that, when you came to America and you felt that that push. Right. You said it was like, there's just something in you. I was like, I want to come here and I want to do this thing. Did you ever think that it was God pushing you at the time? Mm -mm. Yeah. I thought maybe like a tiny bit of me thought it was my mom who was like speaking to me. It's like, go, go travel, go explore and everything. But I would have never expected that I'd go out of this two years as a, as a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's crazy how, all these really bad things in your life led you to saying, let's get out of here. Mm -hmm. You end up in a town that nobody in Europe has ever heard of Mm -mm. taking care of kids at a house where my sister has been, and she's been doing daycare stuff with them and and nannying stuff with them for a long time. You know, other people would look at that and say, what a coincidence. Mm -hmm. But like, we know that's not, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's, there's no way that, that's a coincidence. That, yeah, yeah. I came into that family, and this family is just so nice. And of yeah. course, they have also some days where everything sucks, but yeah. that's normal. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like I had this family that I always wanted. I have siblings. Like the boys are like my siblings, yeah. Yeah. and it's just like I felt so well, or I feel still so welcomed. Yeah. And then the church, and yeah, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. So you started coming for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a few months, really. Yeah, June and October, I got baptized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, that was a really cool moment. You and I have talked about this where, you know, when we started the church almost six years ago, Alyssa has always been been a part of it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, Collective Kids doesn't exist without Alyssa because before anyone was on staff, before, you know, Bethany, even before Jenny, who was before Bethany, Alyssa was the one like putting this all together and collective kids exist because she did an internship with us, which meant me as her brother put her to work really hard and didn't pay her all summer. But it was this really incredible thing because like I never imagined that when we started collective and and my sister being a part of this, that I would be on stage with her baptizing her friend. I just never imagined I would have that opportunity in my life in general I remember your baptism and like I, so we, we do the baptism and I, there's this like beautiful picture where you look at her and she's so excited and I'm just like crying <laughs> on the side um, because knowing what you've been through and knowing what you were looking for and, and longing for in your life, understanding that there are times in your life you tried to fill that 
void with the wrong things and the wrong people and god brings you here <laughs> and for the ocean what the heck yeah you know and you know as the the leader of collective like there's just you just feel so humbled of like man my wildest dreams couldn't have made this up like oh yeah one day uh, <laughs> becky from germany is going to come and live in sterling and meet my sister and we're going to do this and um that was a really really wonderful moment mm-hmm. and i think um, you know, obviously collective, anytime there's a baptism, lose their mind, you know, and it's this it feeling was, of yeah. like, this is it my was, family. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Like, I think the baptism where, I th- like, the the previous baptism where, I think Layla, Layla? Oh, yeah, Layla, yeah. Bapt- baptized yeah. and her dad baptized. At first yeah. I was like, a little heartbroken. My dad yeah. would never do that. But sure. then I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. It was just amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing, too, you know, my kids, like I think about that a lot with them. Like I hope one day I have the opportunity to baptize them. But one thing I do want to encourage you is like, while we long for that from our parents and we don't always get it. In fact, it's, it's rare that we do have that opportunity. One thing you are choosing though, is to say, Hey, like, you know, one day I I hope to get married one day. I hope to have kids or maybe, you know, your siblings right now, like grow up and and maybe they end up coming to faith. And it's like, man, I hope I can create that Mm -hmm. for other people. And you don't just do that for the the host family that you have. You do that at Collective now, back in Collective Kids. Um, So you get baptized, and I think like a month later. Yeah, I got baptized in October, and around November, December, I was like, hey, I'm in. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so you started serving. So essentially, you you do kid stuff every day. Yeah. Sunday is a break, Yeah. and you come here and you serve in kids. Why do you do that? I don't know, because I just love to help the kids grow yeah. in their faith because I don't have like this opportunity or I didn't have that I had didn't have people that helped me grow my faith besides my grandma and the pastor, but I wasn't yeah. like there was no kids service or something like yeah. that. It was only adults. Yeah. So I'm really blessed to do that and yeah. I'm really grateful to do that. Yeah. And one of the things I love about this podcast is there's a lot of people who just had really hard lives and, and really hard childhoods and not because they did anything wrong, just because life wasn't fair to them. But what we see time and time again is when these people who have been through these things at the hands of a father, a mother, whatever it may be, they can either choose to let that be their whole entire life or they can say, I don't want other people to experience that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the reasons why you share your story. Mm-hmm. But it's another reason why you serve is because what you didn't have growing up, like you are trying to make sure that kids here do have that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you see that anywhere else other than the church. Mm-mm. I don't think you see that anywhere else than through Jesus where people say, I have all this pain and brokenness in my life. Instead of hoping the world gives me something in return, it's going, man, I'm going to give the world something in return and I'm going to let God use this. And you do that. Which room do you serve in at Collective? In the orange room. Which is? Is it K to uh, fifth? It's chaos. It's, yeah. It's our pre-K. Yeah, yeah so pre-K. It's our, yeah, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like our threes and fours. It's a madhouse back there. But what you know is that when you were that age, you know, what those kids need, like that's what you're giving them, which is which is wonderful. And um, But what's even better about your story is that's, not the end no. of your story. So you get baptized, you start serving. Keep telling us what happens next. And then I met Sue Ann. Yep. <laughs> and she's also an au pair yep. from South Africa. And I met her 
she uh, also she's a she is full on Christian mm-hmm. and she is helping me growing in my faith more and more every day and I'm really grateful for that and um, uh, one day she was like hey I want to get baptized do you want to do you and Alyssa want to baptize me and I was like I was crying I was like oh my god it's yeah uh, it was I was like yes yeah yes and could you have ever imagined Mm -mm. that this is what life would be like right now no yeah I remember when I got baptized you said the goal is one time or one day Becky is up here baptizing someone else and I have wouldn't have believed that it was like half a year later yeah another person not from America (laughs) ends up you know in in the same area you know, Becky, one of the things that I want to encourage you on and really point out to listeners is when you do fully let God into your life and you fully let him lead, good things do happen. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're not still dealing with all the pain, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't avoid uh, the, the pain of losing your mom. You can't avoid the pain from your father, right? And I think that's, it doesn't make all that go away. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about faith and trusting God is that God can take the most terrible things in our lives and redeem them completely. And now when you share your story, it isn't, here's all the terrible things that have happened to me. It's these things led to me being here and check out what God is doing in my life right now. And it's incredible. So tell us now, you know, asking the question, which is a loaded question, but it's one of my favorite questions to ask when people share their stories is, Right now, what is your faith like? What does it feel like? Great. It's so, I, don't, I can't explain that feeling, but it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. I got, I had from the neighbors, they uh, gave me for Christmas a Bible. Wow. And it's just like, I read my Bible, I yeah. pray, I don't talk all the time to my mom. I talk yeah. to God or Jesus now. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that you told me, too, is that this is what your mom would have wanted. Yeah. You know? Yeah, she wanted me to be happy. She wanted me to be, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she wanted you to love God. Yeah. And there is this, like, weird thing that God does, even in pain and even in loss, where even that relationship, which you didn't necessarily have with your mom, even that feels better now Mm -hmm. because you guys share in this thing together. And you didn't get to walk alongside of this journey together, but you know there's this, like, level of peace and understanding that um you know what your mom would have wanted for you you did it on your own Mm -hmm. but you got there uh, which is pretty incredible on mother's day when uh, we talked about grief it was like a lot i i I think it was one of the first times i really grieved about her yeah it was a lot that's also why it's like i have to skip back um that's also a thing why i think my dad was like that because he never went to therapy he never did anything like that and i look like my mom maybe that's also a thing that he just couldn't handle that yeah i mean it's still no excuse for how what how he treated me and everything but that makes it a little bit better yeah yeah it's that idea that your life changed his life changed yeah especially and that like while you know that it doesn't mean you live a changed life yeah you know and his desire to not kind of deal with it Mm -hmm. or or even feel it not even deal with it just feel it led to a lot of control Mm -hmm. and um it's probably what led to a lot of the drinking and the numbing and again he has these voids that he's trying to fill rather than saying okay like what what else is there 
So uh, one of my favorite questions on the podcast is um, asking people to share just some advice and some wisdom. Um, I would love for you to share with us, hey, if there was something you could share with everybody listening today, something you've learned or something that you've experienced um, in light of your life, in light of what you've been through, um, in light of understanding that you're young and there's still a whole life ahead of you, um, what advice or what wisdom would you share with everybody on the podcast today? To not give up. I know it seems hard sometimes yeah. and uh, it sucks and you just think why and everything, but never give up. He will always be with you and he will bring you to the place where you have to be. And he, uh, even though he will bring you to the really lows, he is just trying to see how far you can go, but he will never leave your side. Yeah. Yeah. And I know one thing that you shared with me before your baptism was when you look back now, you very much feel like God was with you through all of yeah. it, you know, and it wasn't always active and it didn't always feel good, but you can look back and go, Oh no, no, no. I, I don't get through any of this without God being there. Yeah. You know, if you would have told me like two years ago when, um, my boyfriend or whatever, uh, fell in love with my best friend, I was, when it was God's will. And I would be like, Yeah. No, I don't want that. But now I'm like glad because I went out of that situation and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now it make everything make sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's easier when we can take a step out and, and look and, and have that perspective and and also you trust God enough to know that even in the valleys, like He was there. And we we talk about with Psalm 23, He's not just there; like He's leading you through mm -hmm. those types of things. Um, all right. So last question. My favorite question on the podcast, uh, favorite Bible verse, and you can have more than one if you want, um, but what are your, you know, those things that kind of just sit in your soul um, that you carry with you that probably one day, if you haven't already, will be tattooed on you. What would those verses be? Um, I have two. It's one is Deuteronomy yeah. 31.6. Be strong, be fearless, don't be afraid, and don't be scared by your enemies, because the Lord your God is the one who marches with you. He won't let you down, and he won't abandon you. It's wonderful. And the other one is 1 Corinthians 10.12-14. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength, but will be testing. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Yeah, and I feel like there's absolutely sum up yeah. what your faith is like yeah. now. Um, Becky, I am so thankful for you. I'm thankful to see what God is doing in your life because for me personally, um, I, I see your life and I hear your story and how you ended up here and Sue Ann's here and like none of this makes sense, but your journey and your story has shown me just how much bigger God really is. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt like I knew God was big. And then I hear things like this and see things where I'm like, This is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate what you've been through, but I'm thankful for what God has brought you through mm -hmm. and who you are uh, and what you're doing today. And so um, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for your time uh, and for sharing your story with us today. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs>